Surveyors Trust podcast. My name is Megan Walker, your host. Today, our special guest is Dr. Karen Joyce, who is the Education Director of SheMaps. Hi, Karen. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, Megan. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Kick us off, Karen, by telling us why SheMaps. So I'm, I'm a geospatial scientist, so I like working with maps and the environment. And what I've, I've realised over the past 20 or so years that I've been doing what I do is that I work in a discipline that, or a field where it's, it's really heavily dominated by men. And I'm not too sure exactly why that is because it's, it's definitely not something that women can't do as well. So uh, a couple of years ago, we sort of got together and, and thought, okay, is there something that we can do about this? And our program and what we do, which I'll explain soon, has sort of morphed over the past two years into what we call SheMap. And so SheMaps is about bringing diversity into, into what we call science, technology, engineering, and maps or STEM. So we're interested in, in looking at how we can how we can create a workforce that's a bit more diverse, so it's not so heavily male-dominated. We really are accessing 100% of our talent pool, and that goes, that goes with gender as, long as, as well as, as race and age and disability and, and other aspects of diversity as well. And then it also considers what we actually think of when we consider science and technology in the first place. Because I, I bet that most people are listening to this now, if you closed your eyes and had a think about if you were going to play a game of Pictionary and you pulled out the card and on that card it said scientist and you had to draw a scientist, have a, if you have a really, really brief think about what it is that, what or who it is that you might draw and what we see that across the board, and this is from a really young age up to older people as well, is that most people draw someone in a lab coat with glasses. And if you ask them to write the name of that person, they would write a man's name. Now, again, this is with children as well as adults. And so we sort of thought, well, how, how do we create something that not only celebrates the diversity of what science and technology is because I certainly don't work in a lab coat. I work with drones and satellites and all sorts of other exciting, exciting things. So how can we create something that celebrates that diversity in science as well as the diversity of people who, who can and really should be able to work in those fields as well so that we can really broaden the, I guess a, a bit of, it's a bit about the appeal and encourage people to engage in the sorts of science that I love that so far beyond chemistry, for example. That's amazing. And so what are the on-the-ground ways that you've put together to make that transition? So one of, one of the things that I, that I do as a geospatial scientist is, my favourite part of my job actually, is to go out and, and conduct fieldwork. So I'm largely interested in, in mapping the environment, mapping different aspects of the environment and seeing how it changes over time. And the main field site where I travel to to do field work and have done since the late 90s is the Great Barrier Reef, so here in Ireland, just off the coast of Gladstone. And what I love about going out there is, is initially when I started working there, I was working a lot with satellite data, so like what you might see on Google Earth. 
and using that to map the different habitats of coral and algae and all those sorts of things. But in the past five years, I've been using drones to do the same sort of thing. And this is a really exciting component of our science and really, really cool technology to be able to use drones to capture data over, over the environment and study what it's like and how it changes. And so I sort of thought, well, seeing as that's my favourite part about my job, my day job, how could I create something that I could allow others to experience that fun side of what I do. And so basically what I did was to, to think about how, how a, a day in my life when I'm out on the reef might look or when I'm out doing field survey. And if there was a way that I could basically miniaturize everything that I do and compress it so that I could create a two and a half hour program that I could run with school students and adults, teachers, etc. as well. So basically that's what I did. I, I, I took what I, what I do in terms of field survey and working with drones and then I, I created a program to mimic that on the ground. And what it looks like, we go into a school for two and a half hours. We, originally, we start talking about different types of applications of technology and particularly drones with images and what they can do. And then I take the students through a really hands-on interactive process where they, they're given their own mission to map a certain area. Now, this, this map, is a, it's a hypothetical story, um, but they're given a really small drone. So it's a drone that sort of fits in the palm of your hand. So a really nice, safe drone to start learning with. And they have to learn all the safety aspects of that drone. So they conduct their safety checks, just like what I would do when I'm in the field. And then they go through a process of manually flying that drone. And then they fly the drone to capture some aerial photos over, over a small area that we create within a gymnasium that's uh, hypothetically um, damaged through natural disaster area or something like that. And so they bring all that learning together working in teams and understanding about the drones and then the spatial aspect of it is where they're actually going and they are capturing their aerial photos and analysing those photos after they capture them as well. So the idea is this small program mimics what I do and so they really get a taste of what it's like to be a geospatial scientist and not just read about it in a textbook. They get to be it, they, they feel it and, and it is exactly like what I do. It's just in a gymnasium instead of the reef. That's amazing. And do you get lots of questions then about, you know, do you, can you get paid to do this? <laughs> can you do this for a living? What's some of the responses you get from the kids in the program? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and one of the things that I talk to the students about is, is the way technology can create a career path for them or the way they can create a career path with technology. And we do discuss it quite a bit because if you look at the progression of jobs that are now available due to drone technology and have become available over the past, say, three to five years in particular, we're really seeing an expansion of the industry, which is super exciting. And something that I talk to the students about is, you know, ask them what, it's, what it is that they would like to be, as if you only need to be one thing when you grow up, but to say you'd like to be something. What is it that they would like to be? And, 
and help them try to understand that the sorts of careers that might be available for them when they're ready to be that fair in 10, 12 years' time or so, the sorts of careers that may be there may not even exist at the moment because being a drone pilot as a career choice didn't exist five to 10 years ago. So a student in a school five to 10 years ago could never have dreamed that that's what they wanted to do. So it's really quite an exciting place for students to be, I think, to try and really grapple with some ideas that, wow, you know, it actually can be anything that they decide to create as well because technology is changing so quickly. So we do get some questions around that sort of thing and, and I, I'm always a big fan of saying that as a career or as, a, as a, even starting jobs, you just need to do stuff that you love. And there's, there's no point in, in doing a job unless you love it because you're probably not going to be great at it. But if you love something, you, you can be amazing at it as well. So we get lots of questions around that. We also get questions around, I, I talk to the students about the number of drone pilots that we have in Australia who are female. Mm-hmm. Because at the moment we estimate there's only about 1% of all Australia's drone pilots are female. In the States, they're up to about 5% now. Uh, the UK is, is probably around similar numbers as well. So that always, um, always shows a bit of surprise for the students to, re- to realise that there is actually such a gender gap in this. Mm. And while flying the drone isn't the be-all and end-all, and in fact, it's actually a really minimal component of what I actually do, mm. the data processing analysis is a really big part it's just really indicative of, of something that's going on in our industry and something that I'm really, really passionate about working to change. And that's, that's something that, that is really working well with the help of the Surveyors Trust as well. Yeah, great. And so one of the um, ways you're getting the word out about some of your work is a competition that's running at the moment. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Coolest School Project? Yeah, we've, we've got a really cool project on at the moment <laughs> for, for Queensland in particular. And this is, this is supported by the Surveyors Trust and it's something I'm really, really excited about working on. So I'm having a bit of a play with the idea of what is cool. And, and I think that there's, there's two, two sides to cool. We've got the contemporary cool as in something that's fashionable and, and really interesting and people want to be involved in. And then there's the more traditional meaning of the word cool in terms of temperature. So I thought I'd have a play with those two components of the word cool and come up with this competition that we're running at the moment. So the first aspect of it is that we're looking to, looking to schools to share with us how cool they are in terms of using drones as part of their curriculum. Now, the idea is that a lot of people think drones are cool. We think drones are cool. And many, many students think drones are cool as well. So we want, we want schools to get on board with using drones in various different ways as within, their, within their school or after school events as well. So that, the first part of it is really also what we're doing there is, is supporting teachers to be able to do that. Because it's a big thing if you've never had anything to do with drones before, but you think your school's pretty cool anyway, and you want to get involved in this, then the best thing to do is come to us and we have a teacher PD or professional development program that's online and available for all Queensland schools completely free to access so they can learn all about the drone technology and how to use them safely in the classroom situation as well. 
And then the idea is that once we've got the schools working with the technology, they can then feedback to us just how cool they really are with all the, the students that they've been working, they've been working with the drones and the sorts of applications that they've been doing. So that's the first aspect and that's, that's just kicked off for term one. So we have the, the online training available and we've had about 200 teachers in there for this term as well. So hopefully that will continue through term two. Now the second aspect of cool, like I mentioned, is, is to do with temperature. And in Queensland, obviously, we've got tropical and very warm areas throughout the state. And we have schoolyards where students and teachers are spending recreational sport time in the outdoors. And what we would like to do is to work with schools to have a think about how they can create cooler environments outside through the use of shade. Now, shade is really important in terms of creating a, a comfortable temperature, obviously, for, for us to, to exist in and to hang out in. And so what we thought we would do would be to get schools using satellite data and actually map the amount of shade they have on their school campus. And with this, they're learning all these different skills about using geographical information systems, learning the basics of how you map both when you're in the field, but also on a computer as well. And then calculating the percentage of shade they have compared to the area they have of their school ground and the students that they have as well. And with this, they could then start to strategically think, well, how about if we placed a tree here, then maybe we could encourage more students to use this part of the playground in the lunchtime or that. And so really the idea is to, to get them to map their current shade, but then think about how they could do a little bit better to be extra cool as well. And again, feed that back to us to show us just how cool they are, or maybe they need a little help to be a little bit cooler as well. So they're the two aspects of the competition. It's being contemporary cool and flying drone, and being cool as in, as in temperature and having that green shade space on your campus. And schools can choose to be part of of either component of the competition or they could do both as well and both have a teacher professional development available online to walk the teachers through the process so they can roll it out in the schools as well. Fantastic and we're coming up to a close and um, I'm going to ask you two more questions. Tell us some of the benefits uh, that schools can um, you know derive from being part of the Coolest School Project and then where can they go for more information on how to be involved? Okay, first of all, quickly, the benefits are becoming part of a community of other teachers and a community of practice where people are working together to develop these types of geospatial skills, which are really key to the, the future of our economy as well. So that's, that's a really big part in taking students that next step. The teachers themselves are going to get amazing experience from becoming part of the program as well. So something that they can really put on, put on their CVs as well. And it's also a lot of fun. So we do provide everything for it to be fun and we take away the headache for you as well. And even better for Queensland, completely free. So that's, that's they're the amazing benefits, I, I think. And it all, is all linked to the national curriculum as well. So if you need to check boxes there, that works for you too. Now, in terms of where you can find us, we're on shemaps.com. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us there. And if you want to become part of the program, you'll be able to go to that page and, and you'll see a link at the top of the page 
to be able to be, to sign into our online resources and that will get you in there as well. Other than that, we're also on Facebook and Twitter if you'd like to join us there as well. So just search She Maps and you'll find us. That's amazing. Karen, thanks so much for explaining the program. It's just a, such a credit to, to create something that is, yeah, linked to curriculum, but is so relevant to students, teachers, and it's cool. So thank you and congratulations on all the hard work that you've done there creating She Maps and I uh, really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Megan. It's great to chat to you.